beautiful souls. I'm Reverend Carla. Welcome to Spirituality Matters. Now let's settle in and find that sacred space between here where I am and there where you are. Let us be reminded that the Holy transcends our physical bodies and our time together is just as sacred and meaningful as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, let's get started. Today's podcast is entitled For the Good Times, Honoring Your Heritage on Your Spiritual Journey. Now this podcast uh, is inspired by some of the things that have happened over the past two years as we continue to navigate this pandemic. And the thing that came up for me uh, several times, even as I think about my own journey through here is what does it mean to capture the wisdom of the ages, not just as a collective, our collective humanity, but our, our own our own history and who we are based on our ancestral lineage and why that is so important and what is where is the sacred wisdom in that. So the blog that is accompanying this that was uploaded to numasoul.com a couple of days ago, we'll go a little deeper into some of those experiences. But for today, we're going to just talk a little bit about uh, how my family's heritage has impacted me. And I think that there'll be something, some sacred wisdom in there for you as well. So this all started when um, someone encouraged me to do something with the 23 and me. It's come up several times. I know people have been posting their results left and right. I see the TikTok videos. I see it on social media all the time. And I thought, okay, I'm finally going to do it. Now, they're still sitting here. I don't know why my husband and I haven't done anything with them, but we're going to have to do it very soon. So uh, stay tuned for those, those results, but they're sitting here and we're ready to do them. And and according to um, the company 23andMe, their first quarter of 2021, their company announced a huge increase in growth. And they think it's brought on because of the pandemic. People are at home more they're probably more contemplative and thinking about things. And I think it goes beyond just thinking, okay, I'm bored. Let me just test my DNA. I think that this sacred pause that we've been given with this pandemic has gifted us this, this invitation to just be still, if we're capable of doing that. For so many people, this pause is very much uncomfortable. And I'm not saying that you're wrong if that's you. I'm saying for some of us, it becomes a, it's problematic to sit and be silent because the the distraction of our lives oftentimes will keep us from looking too deeply into some things that might need to be addressed, the places where there's hurt that you might want to avoid And distractions can be a way, an effective form of self-medicating, not judging you at all about that. But for others, it's been time. It's been like, all right, I'm going to take this opportunity to look within. I, you know, I, I wrote and I wrote and I wrote, and we'll be talking more about that uh, later. And I think with every page I wrote, I, I gained weight which my doctor reminded me, he says, you know, it's just interesting over the past four years, you've gained five pounds every year. And it was just the way he said it. (laughs) It was like, he expected me to do something about it. And I am, but in my own way. And because I very much belong to the thought that um, we hold on to and we release weight in ways that also reflect 
our values and who we are. So this is not a judgment for anybody who has weight on their body or someone who's working to release that weight. Um, I think it's all of us to um, show up authentic, authentic, authentically, there it is, authentically to just to embrace who we are. And I know 20 years ago, that would have absolutely freaked me out to be 20 pounds heavier than what um, I, I was. Um, but I like me and I like who I am now. And I like being in this space with you. So I'm cutting myself some slack and offering myself the grace that I constantly talk about, talk about here. So this, we talk about the way I look at this pandemic, I try to remember when I too get frustrated because my life looks nothing like it did. I call this, this sacred pause. And a lot of times what happens when you have these kinds of things happen and you don't know when this is going to end, what the future looks like, you can't really plan anything too far ahead. It's very, very natural and normal to start thinking about where you've been. So that's why I think that 23andMe is so um, popular right now, because our ancestral heritage is often told and retold by our other generations. But think about how many of those stories have just been lost now. And I think about my own, where I can, there's some stories that my grandmothers told me that I can repeat verbatim. And then there's others I wish that I had been paying a little bit better attention. My, my, my maternal grandmother always talked about the time I was putting crackers in my soup. And my mom told me that I couldn't put any more crackers. And she said, I took a saltine and just with a little bit, and she always did it like this. You just dropped off a little bit of cracker and you dropped it. I dropped it in the soup. And I made the whole table laugh because that was my job. I had to be the, the entertainer and my, except my mother did not laugh. And I'm sure when I got home, I got in trouble for that. I don't remember that part either. And both of my grandmothers were incredible dancers, different types of, of dancers, different people entirely. So I'm a mishmash of them both, very strong, re resilient women, but they were great dancers. And I think that's where I got my passion for dancing, my passion for crafting, my passion for caring for, for people. But what's sad for me now is that on the outer edges of my memory are some of the stories that I heard from my, my grandmothers, but I was also fortunate to know both of my, my great-grandmothers. And one of my favorite memories, but also my favorite picture, is standing beside my great-grandmother and looking at her, she, her hands, which I now start to see my, uh, her in my hands. We all have these big veins in, um, in, our, in our hands. I was just fascinated by her. I just wanted to stand by her and listen to her talk and just, just watch her. And the same with my, that was my maternal grandmother and the same with my, my paternal grandmother. I just was fascinated by their stories, but I don't remember them. That memory is all murky now. I was starting to become obsessed with my own life and distracted in that preteen mind that also included the, uh, the, uh, the Osmonds, Jackson 5, my latest Nancy Drew mystery or the Brady Bunch, something like that became as, as which, which is natural for children to start to want to turn outward towards and, and discover who we are, because if the adults in the room have done it right, they have planted that foundation for us to be able to do that. And I'm lucky enough that the women in my life provided that 
but I often say it myself and I hear other people say it that I wish I had paid closer attention to those stories because they're here, they're no longer here and I don't remember them. And oftentimes I have to go back and ask my own, my own mother, certain things about people's birth dates and date of deaths and things like that. And I know we are, we're chronicling it to remember our family heritage as well. And I think as I age, I'm starting to see become even more sentimental because um, I turned 60 and 21. So I'm in my 61st year of life. And I know that um, that means I have more days behind me than I do ahead of me. And I can choose to live morosely or depressed about that, but I certainly won't. I have many blessings in my life, but I think about my own grandchildren and the gifts of the ancestors, the blood that runs through them, and even my presence in their lives and how I can gift them. And not one day is wasted on some way where I want to be able to say that I'm working on this legacy that somehow will heal the world and help my family. So what does that mean for you? Well, like I said, this we came face to face with uh, this reality when the pandemic basically showed us that we are not in control of anything in our lives. And for the first part of our lives, and this is very common too, when you're in your teens and your early 20s, you think you have all the time in the world, that you're in control of your life and you have all the time in the world. And then one day we find out that none of that is true. And sometimes it takes an event so big, like that kind of shakes the ground beneath us for us to come face to face with that reality and anything at any time that can be taken away from us, these precious gifts of time and this gift of presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, being present in our lives, that is what truly matters. So I like to think about, and I wish I think in my own life, you know, I think there was a time where I wasn't as present as I should be and reflective of how fast time was moving because it started to feel at some time that this is a how we're living in this illusion of, of this house of cards that we really don't appreciate how fragile it is and how quickly it it can be taken away from us. And one analogy that came to me that I write about in the blog for this week is just when we, we lived in the out in the country most of my life. And my grandmother was one of my grandmothers was on a dairy farm. And so the electricity going out in the country is a very common thing. You get a storm and there's going to go a tree on power lines or something. And you don't realize how disruptive how quickly your life can be disrupted until the power goes out and how everything changes from that point forward. You're now, you're now beholden to trying to find the the flashlights and the candles, no matter how organized you were and prepared for this moment, but it changes everything. Technology goes around and people typically will gather around the gift of light, whether it's a candle or the, or the flashlights. But what ends up happening is that you have this electricity is out now, what do we do moment? And the first thing that happens is we come together as a community to work whether it's, you know, families making sure that everybody's accounted for, the animals are safe in the house, and we know where to find things. And typically what will happen is you come together to either talk or listen and share stories because the simplicity of life starts to come back into ebbing and flowing into that space 
where you can find where you can find one another. Now I'm sitting here on a computer computer talking to you. You can see my if you're looking at this on YouTube, you can see my microphone and I'm timing myself on an electronic device. So I'm not I'm not judging at all the use of technology. I'm saying, are we taking those moments to pause and listen and pay attention to one another? Where are those places where we're putting in our lives the invitation that sometimes life gives us to pause and remember, pause and connect. So if there's anything that, can t- that we can take from this pandemic, besides the fact that some people, we've had massive amount of people dying during this time, what can you take from this that will change your life? How can you say that you're a better person because you had the opportunity to have your life disrupted and then be able to turn back to your life as a better version of yourself? Now, so, you know, some of those questions might look like, well, where do I see myself in 5, 10, 15 years? I can tell you in 15 years, I'll be 75. So am I doing everything now that I can do to ensure that when I'm that age, I am healthy? Can I say I'm doing that? Sometimes we want to think about, and I'm not trying to be depressing at all, but how do we want to be remembered? What about our lives? Do we want people to remember? And if, we, if that is important to us, then what changes do we need to start putting in place? So I think this is the kind, these are the kinds of things that I wrote about. These are the kind that are, that's coming soon that we'll share together. And, and, and like I said, there'll be some announcements coming soon, but um I think that that's what this kind of sacred pause allows us allows us to do. Where have we come from and where are we going? So that's what I did. And I think that's what these DNA tests tell us as well, because sometimes we have this uh, notion that we, we've, we've heard stories about who we are, but do we really know where exactly, we, what is in our, what showed up for our DNA? you know, it might, it's going to be different for you. So what does that, what does that look like? And maybe that can help you explore a little bit about your people and, and where you came from. One of the things that I've noticed about what's happening a lot during this um, pandemic is people talking about the loss of uh, the workforce, how it has shifted. And some people saying that they're calling this the season of the great resignation. And a lot of people are saying that this phenomenon is caused by uh, people who took advantage of the government funded uh, financial incentives that happened during the pandemic. And now they're trying to figure out a life without working. I think that's a selfish, closed-minded way to think. I don't think it's that way at all. I think people know that they have have to work. Government assistance is is going to run out sooner or later. I think people are trying to reimagine their lives instead of just being resigned to live from paycheck to paycheck and never getting ahead. Because what I've noticed, even with people who are now able to work from home, is that they're able to, they're more productive in their work. They work harder but they're able to put in pockets throughout their day where they can still touch the home lights, make sure that the dog is let out. They're well hydrated. They can put the supper in the oven at lunchtime. They started to feel a work-life balance that they've never felt before, and they don't want to give that up. Sometimes when you realize that you've been working just to take care of paying for the things that are in your life, but not enjoying them, and you get to connect with them in different ways, your priorities shift. 
And I think that that's also something that's happened for many of us here. So that again, goes back to asking those questions of who I am. So if you go to a place like there's a company called upwork.com and just type in there something like a virtual assistant and see how many thousands of people who are available to become a virtual assistant for you online. And the reason they're doing that is because, especially with, uh, for people who have small children or they have pets at home who they, that are like family, they want to be able to work from home now and be able to do that remotely. That is someone who's saying who I am is someone who wants to take care of not only me, but those around me and take care of, of my home life. So I've witnessed people reevaluating that and saying, you know, I can live with less if it means that I can connect with my life in different ways. So I've also seen people pausing. And I really do believe like when I call this the sacred, a sacred pause, I believe that there's a spiritual invitation here for us to say, okay, just like the, when the lights go out and we can all, all that's in the room is the presence of this one little light and darkness around you and no way for you to be distracted. What is it that life is actually calling you to be, to fix, to heal, to address? And like I said, who, where did you come from? So you can kind of know where you're going. And I've witnessed this so many times where people pause and say, I want to share my story. I want to embrace this season of powerful change and connect with the unknown elements of uh, their life through the hidden stories of their DNA, through the stories of their ancestors, through the, to the ones that are here now, but the many generations that have been lost to them. And they're willing to do that kind of work. My seminary sister and colleague, the wonderful Rev Arda, will be traveling to uh, the land of her ancestors this year to connect with her ancestral heritage in a sacred and meaningful way. And I have been so honored to listen to her, those stories as she shared about her ancestors, because she very much is feeling the call of her people. It's resonating with her so deeply that she will be traveling to her homeland, which will no doubt answer some questions for her that can not be understood unless they are experienced. So go to the blog at uh, numasoul.com and read her story. It is so profoundly beautiful. And I think it can actually uh, encourage you and inspire you on your own ancestral journey. Maybe it's not to Turkey, but maybe it will be something about your ancestral heritage that can help you point to where you are going. She does write in that in that blog, she writes, um, she was born of uh, Sufis and shamans. And if you find her at on her Instagram page at Rev Arda, you can see more about that in her bio because she knows that that what she displays in her bio is just the tip of the iceberg of who she really is. She knows that she is a progeny of survivors of genocide and of eth- ethnic clique. Uh, cleansing. So her plans are to travel to Turkey this summer, which is her ancestral homeland. And it's not just for vacation. It's, it's a, it's that call to really go and reconnect with who you are. And she ends her writing inside this blog by saying, uh, take pride in yourself, live a life of purpose and meaning that would make them proud by leaving this world better than you found it. Keep your ancestors in your thoughts close to your heart and honor them daily. Remember that you are 
here because they were. Be a good ancestor by living such a life that those of your lineage will speak your name with reverence and pride. Give them shoulders to stand upon. You don't have to wage war or conquer foreign lands. Leave a legacy of radical compassion and kindness. You are paving the way for what is to come. So in quote, so please, there's much more that she wrote in the blog at numasil.com and it's worth, it's worth uh, reading. And I just, I just love this. This is, this is so important for so many of us to understand. And I know that I'm repeating myself here, but I think especially the call of your ancestors and the lineage that we come from, and then who's going to be standing on our shoulders when we leave is such an important and, um, and powerful message. So the answer to why you are here can often be found in asking, where have I come from? Beloved, we all have a story, a story that reaches far back into a time when life looked nothing like it does now. Those whose shoulders upon which you now stand have wisdom for you, even if you never knew their names or their lineage to you. They have wisdom for you, and it can only be heard when we pause and listen. So let us gather around this sacred candlelight of this sacred pause and contemplate this and other questions together. I believe there's healing in our pause, and I believe there's healing in our gathering, and I believe there's healing in our stories blessed be. Okay, beloveds, I am honored to be on this journey with you. I pray you receive something. I know I did because the teacher teaches what she needs to hear. And now beloveds go in peace and be at peace. Go in love and may you be loved. Go and know that others are on this journey with you and you are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just the way you are. Blessings on your week and I will see you soon. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe to Spirituality Matters wherever you listen to podcasts. You can watch the uncut version of today's episode on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to Rev Carla's channel for more videos. Submit questions for upcoming Q&A videos or topics of discussion to spiritualitymatters at revcarla.com. As always, follow at Rev Carla on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest for more spirituality teachings. Bye for now.